Yeah. Okay, well, let's, let's start here in John chapter 7. And, uh, oh, I, I'm just a tickle. I got this picture right here because, it, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's just, that's just the truth. That's written to you and I. Okay, uh, let's see. Here's Jesus in John chapter 7. And, uh, oh, he's going to Jerusalem. And I want to get to a little part here where people are, Wondering whether or not he's going to show up or not. They're, he's kind of hiding out, they think. And, uh, and so finally, here we go, verse 37. On the last day, the climax of the holidays. Now, this was the Passover, okay? Jesus shouted to the crowds. Now, I mean, it must be, you know, you, you save your words. Only say something that's important. Look what he says. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Wow. No, he didn't say, you know what, if you need to clean your life up. No, he said, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. For the scriptures declare that rivers of living water shall flow from the innermost being of anyone who believes in me. You know, he didn't say anyone who acts right and what. No, he says, just believe in Jesus. The acting right will take care of itself. We all got to have some help there. But that's the Lord handles that for us. Okay. He goes on and says, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. For the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not returned to his glory in heaven. Well, a little bit of uh, <clears throat> mechanics behind the scene there, some details. But anyway, I still want us to go back to looking at this part right here. If anyone is thirsty, if anyone is thirsty. Well, well, okay. Well, let's go take a look in Acts chapter 2 here. Oh, <clears throat> And let's see something about this uh, rivers of living water. And uh, you know the story. They, this, this was the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit came, sounded like thunder and whatever. But let's hear what, let's see what was going on. Everyone present, verse 4, was filled with the Holy Spirit, began speaking in languages they didn't know. I mean, we, you may have heard tongues or whatever. I don't worry about that. It's in the scriptures. But we don't have to make a big deal about it and be afraid of this kind of stuff. This was the details. All it was was they were speaking a language they didn't know. For the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. If you think about prophecy in the Old Testament, somebody prophesied, you know, to a king like Isaiah came to Hezekiah, Isaiah came to Hezekiah and said, "Hey, listen, you're not going to make it. You're going to die." Well, he was prophesying. He was. Well, Isaiah didn't make that up. Well, that's the same thing here. This is the same thing. So I, it was languages they didn't know. But it's interesting here, what's in that language? Because later on, we're going to find out what's in that language. Many godly Jews were in Jerusalem that day for the religious celebrations. It was Pentecost. It was one of the <clears throat> feasts. Having arrived from many nations. Well, that gives you a tip that some people don't speak the local language. Now, of course, these were Jews, and so they probably knew a little bit of Hebrew. But they knew a whole lot of English, or they knew a whole lot of Spanish. Okay, watch it. When they heard the roaring in the sky above the house, so it was like a tornado noise, okay. Crowds came running to see what it was all about, and were stunned to hear their own languages being spoken by the disciples. So they weren't going, you know what, that's tongues. No, they were hearing, hey, I hear English. I hear Spanish. And they were listening to what was being said. Now watch what was being said. How can this be? They exclaimed, these men are all from New Hope. <laughs> they ain't never been to Spain. How could they know that? And yet we hear them speaking in all the native languages of the lands where we were born. Here we are, let's just say, you know, they were Spanish. You know, they were Mexican. Well, same thing, you know, whatever. You know, they're Eskimo. They were Indian, whatever, all, whatever language you can come up with. Chinese. 
Men from Mesopotamia, Judea, Campus, Pontius, Asia Minor, Phrygia, all these Egypt, Cyrene, languages of the areas of Libya, visitors from Rome, both Jews and Gentiles. In other words, converse. it sounded like it had everybody. It did. And that's a key ingredient, everybody. So watch what happened. He says, and we all hear these people telling in our languages, look at this, about the mighty miracles of God. Well, how come they weren't going, you're toast. You're all going to hell. <laughs> well, everybody knew that. Everybody's doomed without Jesus. Okay. But the only way to get anything done <clears throat> is to come to the Lord. And so anyway, they're hearing the mighty uh, miracles of God. Somebody said, well, they're just drunk. Well, <laughs> well, you can get as drunk as you want to. I mean, i tell you what, if you get a little tipsy, you're not going to start speaking Spanish. Especially if you don't know it. it. That ain't going to happen, you know. So this was a miracle. But anyway, it's just interesting to me that what we hear is the mighty miracles of God. And see, sometimes we just think, you know, well, you know, uh, God's never going to do anything great for us. Oh, yeah, he is. He really is. He wants to. He wants to. Uh, let's go over to the book of Hebrews here. In the book of Hebrews, uh, I want to start here just a moment picking out a couple of things in uh, in the third chapter we'll start in the third chapter here oh did I make it yeah Hebrews 3 and he, let's see it, of course this is all it's not it looks like a long book it's 13 chapters but it's not long wouldn't take you long to read it therefore dear brothers whom God has set apart for himself you who are chosen for heaven now first off if you read this in your Bible guess what you can't say, well, he's writing to the guy next to me, not me. He wrote it to you. You are chosen for heaven. Why? Well, obviously, you must be believing in Jesus. You're reading this book. Okay. I want, to think of, I want uh, you to think about this Jesus, who's God's messenger and high priest of our faith. Now, think about this. He's not high priest of the world. I mean, he is, but he's your high priest. What do you need a high priest for? You know? Jesus was faithful to God who appointed him high priest, just as Moses was faithfully served in God's house. Remember Moses and all the Israelites, whatever, during that time? They come out from Pharaoh. Whatever. Jesus has far more glory than Moses. Now remember, if Jesus has got far more glory, whose high priest is he? He's yours. He's yours. Just as a man who builds a fine house gets more praise than the house does. Okay. And many people can build houses, but only God made everything. Okay. Verse 5, well, Moses did a fine job working in God's house, but he was only a servant. And his work was mostly to illustrate and to suggest those things that would happen later on. But Christ, God's faithful son, is in complete charge of God's house. And we Christians are God's house. He lives in us. This is what, I, that, no wonder Revelation 3.20 shows us that picture. This is not to the world, although he would do that to the world. If you and I didn't know Jesus, he is coming after you. He leaves the 99, goes after the one. But nowadays, we already know the Lord. Guess what he's doing? He's not saying, well, you know, if Gavin ever gets around to it, I'll talk with him. No, he's bugging Gavin all the time. He's bugging me all the time. I mean that in the nicest way because he knows I need him. Okay. So anyway, uh he lives in us. And if we keep up our courage firm to the end and our joy and our trust in the Lord. Now, look at this. Sometimes we don't think these things go together. We don't think God wants us happy. Yes, he does. Praise the Lord. You lose your car keys. Something goes wrong between here and the house. 
Trust the Lord. And you're going to find out this is the greatest experience in your life you've ever had, ever. This is great. I got somebody who takes care of me. You lose your job, don't worry about it. There's somebody, where do we see it? Uh, He lives in us. This verse right here, he promised, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. In other words, I'll move in with you. Praise the Lord. Now, I want us to skip ahead a little bit in this third chapter because he's all he's going to say is, oh, he's, well, he actually says, since Christ is so superior, the Holy Spirit warns us, what? To listen and be careful to hear his voice. Now, he's not talking about, boy, you make a mistake, you are toast. The Israelites... Everybody was going to make mistakes, and that's the reason you had these sacrifices. You had the Passover. The mistake they were watching out for was saying, I don't need Jesus anymore, or I can do it on my own, or Jesus can't help me. I don't know what I'm going to do. We can flounder around and think, I don't have any help. So he says, let, us, uh, let, let not our hearts be set against him as the children of Israel did. They steeled themselves against, look at this, his love and complained against him in the desert while he was uh, testing them. But God was patient with them for 40 years. Although he tried this patience, they, they, they tried his patience sorely. He kept right on, look at this, doing his mighty miracles for them to see. I mean, God was never going to stop. When they got all the way to the promised land, think about the promised land. Promised land. What? He promised them some land? Well, it was better than that. It was not only promised land, but it was milk and honey. And I mean, it was just great. I don't know why today it's so easy to start thinking that tomorrow is sure going to be horrible because it doesn't matter if I have Jesus or not. No, that's not true. The more you read the Bible, the more you realize, praise the Lord, tomorrow's going to be a great day, just like today is going to be a great day. But anyway. <clears throat> I want to jump ahead to this. Uh, this says much the same thing here in uh, in uh, oh, in Hebrews chapter three, but it gets right on down to the. Uh, if you kept going into the fourth chapter here, and let's go down here to uh, verse uh, verse four. I mean, excuse me, fourteen. But God, but Jesus, the Son of God. Look at this, our great High Priest, who has gone to heaven itself to help us. Uh, let us never stop trusting Him. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses since he had the same temptations we do, and though he never gave way to them in sin. So let us come boldly to the very throne there and stay there to receive his mercy and find grace to help us in our, look at this, times of need. So we're not alone, but you can teach yourself that Jesus won't help you, but that's a lie. Don't. He said he went to heaven, took care of your sins, and now he's saying, look, call on me, let me help you. And he will. Now, let's look at one other place right here. It says the exact same thing. A little short, shall we say, like I did last week, an email. Notice how this would be daily life. This is the latter, almost the very end of his message. You know, somebody writes in an email. And look at the way it states it in verse 4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. In other words, he's saying, oh, hey, before I go, make sure you do this and this and that. He, so he's saying, hey, be full of the joy of the Lord. Well, the Lord's not happy. I mean, are you kidding? Who wants to go to church? And I mean, man, I mean, God's mad at you all the time. Whoa, time out. Read the Bible. Jesus died for all sin. Romans chapter 8 says, there's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, before we read any further here, let me show you this right over here just a moment. Let's come right back. Something you know very, very well. John chapter 3, verse 16. God so loved the world 
So see, we beat ourselves up so, so, so much. God loved the world so much, He gave His only Son. Whoever believes in Him, well, this one says, so that anyone who believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Look at this. God did now I'm telling you, we know John 3.16, but we don't know 17. It was the same breath. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn it. But we think He did. No, but to save it. Hallelujah. Now I can get back to asking that question. Lord, I am having some trouble. <laughs> and oh, by the way, I know I'm not the best guy. And he's going to say, don't worry about it. I'm your high priest. Now we can start because we've seen movies about confessional. <sighs> What'd you do? Yeah. We never go, well, that high priest ain't going to help me. No, it was confessional. So the Catholics did us a favor there, giving a bunch of that in movies and stuff. We get to hear that and see that, and we never do realize, well, you're toast. You're not going to get out of this one. Praise the Lord. But anyway, there's no e look at that. There's no eternal doom awaiting those who trust Him to save Him. Praise the Lord. Well, what do we do? Well, let's go back here to this little note Paul wrote. He said, always be full of the joy of the Lord. He said, I say it again, rejoice. You know, that must mean it might be hard to do at times. Yeah, it is. I know it, especially like I did the other day. I put that, I spent all that time, <laughs> I put that range in there, the cook range ready to go, throw the power to it, threw the power to it, and now I wasted my money. Oh, mm. but then I started thinking, well, praise the Lord, I could afford that range. Now I got me a new one, and then, of course, the other things behind the scene were working, uh, I sold my other one, praise the Lord. So, I mean, praise the Lord. It, things, you're, it's going to take care of itself. Now, it's not just magic on its own. It's because of Jesus, you know. Otherwise, we don't even need to go to church. It just, these things just happen. No, it's because we're trusting the Lord. So, my trust in the Lord would be, okay, rejoice. All right. Let everyone see you're unselfish and consider, consider it in all you do. Remember, the Lord's coming soon. Now, look at this. Don't worry about anything. Now, instead, well, what do I do? Just don't know. Every one of us in this room, bring your problems to Jesus. Even if it's a long list. That, that, the longer the list, the better, because you're going to be able to see, woo, that one got fixed, and woo, that one got fixed. And you, at night when you go to bed, the only person you're going to blame for having them fixed is you'll go, Jesus had to do that. <laughs> he had to do that one too. I, I didn't just get lucky. Something happened. So he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. He's not just, well, it may not be the answer you want. No, it is the answer you want. Stay there till you get it. Praise the Lord. If you do this, you'll experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than any human mind can understand. See, that's that peace that passes understanding you've heard in church all those years. That's, this is a different translation. His peace will keep your heart and mind quiet and at rest as you trust in Jesus Christ. In other words, you feel like he won't blow your brains out. You feel like, I can't take it. I can't take it anymore. And all of a sudden, you roll that burden over on the Lord. Jesus, I don't know how you're going to fix this, but just fix it. Help. And all of a sudden, woo, it got fixed. Praise the Lord. Well, what did you do? You just asked the Lord to help you. Now, I was reading. Of course, I guess that's the reason I'm the preacher or whatever. <clears throat> I was reading about these ding-dongs in the Old Testament. <laughs> and this is great. 
You got 1 Kings and 2 Kings. Wonder what it's about. It's about the kings. And they're all in order. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Okay. I was reading down in 2 Kings, fixing to wrap it up. Got down here to the 17th chapter. And this is what all the hullabub's all about. Now, I'm going to go through this a little bit. The new king of Israel was Hoshea. Now, you need to understand it's like Alabama and Auburn, okay? You have, uh, it's actually like the SEC, put it that way. And we'll just, we'll just take Auburn, even though I like Alabama. We'll just say Auburn. Auburn was the king of the SEC. Well, the rest of them said, we don't want, Vanderbilt was first, we don't want you to be our king. The rest of them all joined together and they said, we want Alabama to be our king instead, out of Tuscaloosa or whatever, doesn't matter. So Auburn's by themselves. So there's a split kingdom. Okay, there's two. There's a bunch of other nations, but they're all joined together. It was all the land of Israel, but now they broke off after King David. This is Israel. The other king is from Judah. But anyway, notice the way they say it. The new king of Israel, Hoshea, his father's name was Eli. See, these were real people. Look at this. Nine years, Samaria, all these places are real. You can go find these places. Look at this. The character of his reign was evil. Well, he must be talking about me. Well, let's just see. This is what constitutes evil. Watch this. But not as bad as some of the other kings of Israel. Now, he's going, it's not because they had a beer, because Jesus had a beer. It's not because they went dancing. Jesus went dancing. I mean, all these things we name are ridiculous. Well, anyway. <clears throat> uh, here we go. Reigning in Judah. See, here's the, here's the other one. Remember the SEC? You know, you got Alabama and all. Here's the other one. Here's Auburn or whatever. Judah at that time, the king of Ahaz who had been king there for 12 years. Anyway, now here comes the guy from out of town. He's not even in the SEC. He's way down there in Florida or something. Florida. King Shalmaneser of Assyria. He attacked and defeated King Hoshea. Okay, so Israel had to pay heavy taxes annually to Assyria. When Hoshea conspired against the king of Assyria, asking King Saul, in other words, a pharaoh, to help him shake free of Assyrian's power, but this treachery was discovered. At the same time, he refused to pay the annual tribute to Assyria. So the king of Assyria put him in prison and chains for his rebellion. Okay. We're not lost in this. Just keep going. <clears throat> See what's going on. Now the land of Israel was filled with Assyrian troops. In other words, the Russians took over. Gee whiz. Three years besieging Samaria, the capital city of Israel. Now remember, Samaria, they claimed that's the capital. Judah said it was Jerusalem. Okay, let's just remember those two kings. They were placed in colonies in the city of Halai along the banks of whatever, all this kind of stuff. Okay, this disaster, now here we go. Here's some details. This disaster, everybody was sold off to slavery. Why? Came upon the nation of Israel because the people, look at this. Oh yeah, they had a bear. Oh, they did this. Oh, they did that. No, they didn't. Look what they did. They worshipped other gods. So you can have all kind of troubles, whatever. And don't forget, there's always a sacrifice for sin. It's called the guilt offering. But these people didn't do the guilt offering or the sin offering. They were like, wow. I saw that other nation and they worshipped the sun. I'm going to worship the sun. How stupid. God made the sun. But these fancy, pretty looking girls over here out of this other nation, man, they all just worship the sun. Well, see, that's what Egypt was doing. They thought the sun was God. Oh, brother. Mm. Thus sinning against the Lord, their God, who had brought them safely out of their slavery into Egypt. Can you imagine that? Remember we already read the other day, one of these kings, he was jealous. He didn't want everybody going to Jerusalem. So he created two cows made out of gold 
And he said, these are the gods that brought you out of slavery from Pharaoh. Oh, please. You made those gods. So see, that's where the problem was. Turning away from God, looking for, looking for some other answer to fix your problem. <clears throat> anyway, the disaster came upon him because they worshipped other gods. Okay, they had followed the evil customs of the nations which the Lord had cast out before them. The people of Israel had also secretly done many things that were wrong, and they had built altars to other gods throughout the land. They placed obliques and idols at the top of every... I mean, these guys were just... Man, they were... You talk about spiritual, but they were spiritual in the wrong places. They were worshiping anything they could find. They were throwing their kids to the fire, too. Now you can know why this is like God was mad. I mean, like, oh, we have a brand new baby? Yeah, hand me that baby. We're going to roast him to Molech, the God. What? Oh, okay, if we send my kids into the fire, then you'll be blessed. Bull, you're not going to get blessed. And see how deprived, that depraved they were? And all they had to do was ask the Lord. The Lord would have helped them. But no, they didn't want to hear the Lord. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. So anyway, they burned incense to the other gods of the very nations the Lord had cleared out of the land when Israel came in. So the people of Israel did many evil things, and the Lord was very angry. Yes, they worshipped idols, despite the Lord's specific repeated warnings. Again and again, the Lord sent prophets to warn Israel and Judah to turn from their evil ways. Now, what was the evil ways? Worshipping these idols. Okay. Anyway, so, uh, um, <clears throat> okay, but Israel wouldn't listen. The people were stubborn as their ancestors and refused to believe in the Lord their God. They rejected his laws and the covenant which he made with his ancestors despite all his warnings. In their foolishness, they worshipped heathen idols despite the Lord's stern warnings. They defied, look at this, they defied all the commandments of the Lord their God and made, here we go, two calves made of gold. Oh yeah, oh that's your savior. Can you imagine that? I'm going to go to heaven because I made this gold cow. I'm going to heaven. Even my mind would tell me, I made that up. That is not going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. So it's useless to be worshiping something like that. Anyway, so they made these detestable, shameful idols and worship Baal, the sun, moon, and the stars. Look at that. You see why it was so serious? They even burned their own sons and daughters to death on altars. Oh, mercy. Of Molech, they consulted fortune tellers and used magic and sold themselves to evil. So the Lord was very angry. He swept them from his sight only. Uh, the tribe of Judah remained in the land. But even Judah refused to obey the commandments. Now remember, Judah's got their other king, their own king, and uh, something good's going to happen over there in a moment. Anyway, so the Lord rejected all the descendants of Jacob. He punished them by delivering them to, other, uh, to their attackers until they were destroyed. Now who started all this? Well, they did, you know. Anyway, Israel split off from the kingdom of David until they were destroyed. Oh, excuse me. And, and oh, then they chose Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, as his king. He's the one that created those two cows to worship. Ah, uh, let's see. Hang on a second. The people of Israel never quit doing the evil things Jeroboam led them into until the Lord finally swept them away, just as all the prophets had warned would happen. See, sometimes we think, you know, well, you know, we we make mistakes. The mistake was worshiping other gods. Don't add anything to it. Okay. So Israel was carried off to the land of Assyria where they remain to this day. The king of Assyria transported the colonies of the people from Babylon, all these places, and they resettled. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh. Now, I want to skip down to... Uh, uh, 
let's see, we're down here in 18 Ahaz. Excuse me, one second. You know, it's so funny. Um, in the next chapter, Hezekiah comes on the scene, and I'm telling you, he's a good guy. It turned everything around. The Lord's blessings were all over the place. Uh, now, I want to get down here to chapter 22. Okay, new kid on the block. <clears throat> His daddy was terrible. His daddy worshipped all kind of idols. It was, just, it was horrible. And things were going bad. Watch what Josiah does. He's only eight years old. He had a high priest. Uh, I think Hilka was taking, was helping him out. But anyway, he reigned 31 years. His mother's name was whoever. Okay, his reign was good. He followed in the steps of his ancestor, King David, o- obeying the Lord completely. In the 18th year of his reign, Josiah sent a secret uh, sent his sent his secretary, we'll just call him Shep here, to the temple to give instructions to Hilka the high priest. He said, "Hey, collect the money there. We're going to make repairs." Anyway, bottom line, um, um, the uh, uh, anyway, let's just read. Give this money to the building superintendent so that they can hire carpenters, masons, repair the temple, and build lumber, uh, buy lumber and stone. Anyway, they were not required to keep account of the expenditures, for they were honest men. Yeah, cool. One day, Hilka, the high priest, went to Shapham, the secretary, and exclaimed, I have, listen to this, discovered a scroll in the temple. Now, can you imagine that? Let's just say everybody took a siesta, and we didn't read our Bible for about 30 years. And all of a sudden, you're digging through your stuff, and all of a sudden, hey, what's this? Hmm. My Bible. And remember, you've been just scratching and clawing to survive. And so you start reading your Bible and you go, look what God will do. And your life completely changes. Well, that's what happened here. So anyway, they were digging around in the temple. Can you imagine not finding a Bible in the temple? Well, I can tell you why. Guess what that temple was full of? Zodiac, all these other idols were in the temple. This king, Josiah, eight years old, well, actually he's 18 at this time here. He's a little bit younger than Tyler and Gavin. And he just, he went through the whole land and wiped out everything. Everything that wasn't Jesus. And I tell you what, the whole nation, it just, it took off again. Why? Anyway, so anyway, this guy, Shep, he read it to the king. When the king heard what was written, he tore his clothes in terror. Now, I wonder why he tore his clothes in terror. Because he read Moses said, if you worship other gods, you're toast. You're going to lose your kingdom. You're going to be sold into slavery. So what happens if we serve the Lord? See, sometimes we think if we serve the Lord, you know, I might one day die young and I might, I might be sold into slavery. That is hogwash. Anyway. So anyway, uh, he commanded the king, I mean, he commanded the high priest and all these guys, his assistants, to ask the Lord, hey, what are we going to do? For we have not been following the Lord's instructions. You must be very angry at us. Hello? Yeah, your daddy was horrible. For we, neither our ancestors, have followed your commands. Hilkiah the priest and Achim and all these guys, you know, they went to, uh, anyway, they went to this other town. They went to a prophet to go ask the prophet. Okay. And uh, anyway, it was just actually a prophetess. Her name was Huldah. And, uh, <clears throat> So she says, well, tell the man who sent me that I'm going to destroy the city and all the people, just as I stated in that book. I mean, God promises what's going to happen. But I want to show you that God said because of Josiah and them, he says, it ain't going to happen in your lifetime. Praise the Lord. You know, the Lord will bless you. This is just fantastic. 
The people of Judah thrown me aside and have worshipped other gods and made me very angry. And my angry can't be stopped. But because you were sorry and concerned and humbled yourself before the Lord, when you read the book and its warnings that this land would be cursed and become desolate, and because you've torn your clothes and wept before me in contrition, I will listen to your plea. The death of this nation will not occur until after you die. Praise the Lord. You'll not see the evil that I'll bring upon this place. Well, I've got to stop. But I want to show you one more thing. That's the end of that chapter. If we go right into the 23rd, I want you to see what the king did. The king sent for the elders, the leaders of Judah, Jerusalem, to go to the temple. The priests, the prophets, and the people, look at this, small and great, came there to the temple. Look at this, where he could read them the Bible. That's the reason you and I are so blessed here. I mean, other churches are too. But we come and we read the scriptures. And it tell you, it saves your whole life. Anyway, this is a wonderful chapter, what happened here. Boy, I tell you, uh, look at this. They went into the temple and they destroyed all of the equipment that was used. Can you imagine? This is in God's temple. They had their great-granddaddy king, great-great-granddaddy king, all these stupid kings put these different idols inside. Look at the sun, moon, the star. All these horrible things were in the church. And little Josiah, he's 18, 19 years old. Man, he went in there and he ripped all this stuff. He burned this stuff to the ground. He found out. Uh, I will say this right here at the end. Look what the Lord says about him. Oh, Look at this. There was no other kings who so completely turned to the Lord and followed all the laws of Moses. No king since that time of Josiah has approached his record of obedience. What did he do? He made everybody come and listen. Hey, y'all listen. Don't leave. And he read everybody the Bible. Praise the Lord. What can we do? Okay. Lastly, real quick, just a couple of things right here. So no wonder this guy, that guy is, this, this Josiah, you'd have to say it's great, 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 probably 10 or 11. His great granddaddy was David. And so let's look at what his great granddaddy told him. You have a copy of it. Here it is. Well, excuse me. Oh. Don't envy the wicked. Don't worry about it. They're going to fade away. Look what he says. Be delighted with the Lord. Then he will give you your heart's desire. I mean, stick with the Lord. He'll get you there. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him to help you do it. And he will. Praise the Lord. Oh, we need to stop. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that by your stripes we're healed. If we're hurting in our bodies or whatever, praise the Lord. We're looking to you to help us, and you will. Lord, same thing's true financially. If we're hurting financially, you'll fix us there. And if it's just something that's not about health, it's not about money, it's just, oh my gosh, it's some other problem. Well, Lord, we just ask you to help us there. Like you said, in everything by prayer. Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others what you did for us. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, all right. Praise the Lord.